standard issue for all women. Hello, Jen here to tell you about part three in our International Women's Day series. And I do hope you're having a lovely week listening to all these podcasts. If you've not heard it already, Mick has chatted to Harriet Wistwich, feminist lawyer and founder of the Centre for Women's Justice, which is a very, very interesting listen indeed, and I do recommend that you get on that. Hannah has also spoken to Katie Wicks, actress and author of the forthcoming book Delicacy, a memoir about cake and death, about, well, all sorts of things, but it is just a lovely chat so I also recommend you listen to that I recommend you listen to all of them in fact I recommend you hit subscribe right now so that you can be sure you won't miss Mickey also chatting to writer Gabby Hinsliff about Betty Friedan and Hannah also talking to Kerrang DJ Sophie K about female representation in rock music and you know rocking out. I will also be speaking with Dr Hannah Dawson, Senior Lecturer in the History of Ideas at King's College London about feminist writing through the ages and I've already spoken to her so I can tell you that's going to be corking too. But now in this episode I'm chatting to PT, co-director of the Foundry Gym, author, podcaster, all of the things, Laura Biceps Hoggins about strong women, body image and fake news bums and I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed chatting to her. I'm joined by Laura Hoggins, personal trainer, one of the directors of the Foundry Gym, podcast host and author. That's a lot of strings to your bow, Laura. I've got a very big uh, violin at this stage, haven't I? (laughs) So you are joining me today to talk primarily about your work as a personal trainer and with the Foundry Gym. You've got quite an interesting story, haven't you, Laura? This is quite a new thing for you, comparatively speaking. Yeah, relatively. I've been doing... This, I uh, say this, uh, sort of being a fitness professional, being a personal trainer now, uh, full time for five years, being that I am 35 now, that does mean that I've had a, uh, after university, I've had a 10 year stint somewhere else. And that somewhere else I, I, I didn't really ever want to do, I sort of fell into it. I always wanted to be um PT well actually I wanted to be a footballer but that didn't happen because I was not good enough um but then I thought maybe I'll be a physio at one of the football teams and then I thought oh no I'll have to go to university for 500 years for that and I'm not sure they have women as physios so that's a big risk I'll just do business studies and marketing at uni and I'll get a a, a Norman job in an office which is what I did I did a, a degree and then went on to work for a blue chip company called Unilever. They're one of the great sort of global giants in FMCG. Spent five years there, then did another five years at a similar size corporation, L'Oreal, just a slightly different category in the beauty industry. And then I suddenly thought, oh, my God, are you actually going to be at this desk for the rest of your life? Are you actually going to consider doing what you've always wanted to do? And that was to be, you know, something to do with sport and fitness, a coach. So I I quit my job. Um, I was told it was an absolutely stupid thing to do. What, What a stupid time of my career. You know, 10 years deep, I've climbed the hierarchy, I'm earning good money good lifestyle you're going to jack it all in to you know be a a, a PT and I did and it is the best thing I have ever done and I've never looked back and um, initially thoughts of you know being a woman that isn't six foot size six long blonde hair you know whatever percent body fat that's, that's not me I thought I'm not sure I've got a place for me in this industry and actually hopefully I'm living proof that it's not too late and you don't have to look a certain way to be an exceptional coach. So you're kind of like a bit of a superstar PT. 
So you've risen up the ranks, as it were, like very quickly. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So in in fitness in general, there is, I, I believe, a certain stereotype. And I think there has been this this sort of, not like a backlash, but there's just, over the last few years, people are sort of saying, well, actually, if I'm a consumer of this industry, I'd like to be able to relate to it a bit more. And, you know, I would certainly grew up on every, I've done every single diet. I have run and run and run to try and be thin. I've eaten too much, not enough, weighed myself every day, not weighed myself. You know, I've, I've put on weight, I've lost weight. And I just think as a, as a woman and a consumer of this sort of media and this way of life and sort of the way that society looks at fitness as this sort of torture I thought there's got to be another way because, you know, like, like yourself, I'm, I'm into sports. So I didn't used to do it. And my, my first sort of interaction with sport is because I loved it. I didn't think of it as fitness. I did it as part mm. of a team and we're working together as, you know, a common goal and win or lose. You know, it's, it's what, you know, what you just put in on the pitch. And, you know, we were saying just actually before we, we came on live onto the pod, we were saying that actually this, you know, sport actually has so much carryover into real life and and you learn so much about hard work and graft and strategy and working on your strengths and learning and and failing forward and so I I think I just thought you know well in this industry there there's no place for me and I I was sought a lot of advice thought I really want to be a PT you know I found that fitness has changed my life and yes I lost a, a bit of weight but it wasn't really about that it was that actually like today I'm about eight, nine kilos heavier than like my previous goal weight. So it's almost like I went through that journey and now I'm the happiest and most content I've ever been. I don't think about my body anymore. I don't worry about how much I weigh. In fact, I'm trying to trying to get massive because, you know, I'm just try, trying to get stronger. And I thought, wow, if I could only show my younger self or generations to come, if I can just show one person, I'm going to try and do that. And through my love of fitness, I started using Instagram as a bit of a platform just to post my workouts. And this is when I was still working at L'Oreal. So uh, not many people know this, but my first Instagram account handle was called Biceps and Bronzer. Because by in the morning I was training and I, you know, I've got quite big arms and then I go to work and I'd be selling cosmetics. And that was just my life. I sort of led a double life. I started posting my workouts on Instagram and I must have had, what, 20 followers. It was like my mum, a couple of my mates Mm -hmm. and a few robots, right? So I got a couple of likes per workout, but I didn't really care because I was just like, I'm doing this. And then there just wasn't that many women doing strength training. And this is when CrossFit sort of came to to the UK about five or six years ago. I was doing it, not very well, but I loved it. And people were like, wow, what's this you're doing? And it was like this cult following thing. And it was like, wow, woman doesn't run on treadmill. Woman, you know, does a deadlift. And there was lots of me's dotted around London and maybe globally. And we sort of made this little network of, hey, you're a woman that likes to lift. Gosh, there's not many of us. Society says we shouldn't really do this. What rebels? And we sort of created like this community. And it's amazing so that's that's what I wanted to do. And I guess having that unique voice and something that is so relatable because I'm not doing this to be thin. I can be very transparent, say I used to, 
and maybe you can relate to that too. Yeah. But hey, if you do this, mm. you don't have to torture yourself. You can do fitness. You can participate in exercise, not to be thin. You can take up more space. And I think just that started to build a bit of a following. And maybe because I'm a bit older, you know, I'm not 25, I'm 35. I've sort of done a bit of life and I've learned, you know, I used to be in marketing and sales and now I'm, I'm the one that I'm marketing, you know, I'm the mascara now and I'm just able to completely be myself. And I think people see that and, you know, the messages I get through people that, you know, like yourself, whether they do my workouts on fit or they come and train with me in real life or they just see my ramblings on my stories, people message me and they say, thank you for being so real. And I think, well, what do you mean real? I can't be, and I'm just doing, being what I'm doing, but Instagram is full of facades Instagram is full of motives, selling, selling you this, doing this, selling a dream. And I just got fed up of seeing get abs in seven days. I don't want abs anyway. It makes no difference to me. I've got abs. How'd you get out of bed? But just because you can't see them and they're not shredded and, you know, I just think it was projecting an unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? If I'm going to make an impact here, if I'm going to have the balls to change my career, I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to fly the flag. And I guess it's paid off. Instagram is so, you know, you know, I do really think that you're using it as a force for good, which is excellent. You do see a lot of quote unquote influencers who started off with like good intentions and then they just sort of become, as you say, like a marketing tool. And you kind of wonder, like, what's the point of this now? You know, like the, the message that you had initially is completely lost and you just exist to sort of flog stuff to me. Like, Anna, do you think that's a shame? I, I, I don't blame people for using it, you know, to make money because we've all got to make money somehow, you know? But I do think you're right. You know, things like get abs in seven days, the shredded abs that you're talking about, you can't, can you? It's, it's literally just not possible. So we are kind of being sold a bit of a lie, aren't we, about fitness and, and what, what it can do for us. It's, it's a tough one because now I'm sort of the other side of it and I've... You know, yes, I, I, you know, I still sort of deem myself a bit of a baby in terms of my time on the gym floor. You know, five years is nothing. And I'll, I, I truly believe that I'll continue to be a learner in this profession. But I just think from a sales perspective, it is not sexy. No one's going to go, oh, I'm going to bite your arm off for that. How much? How? Where do I sign when I say health and fitness will be the same movement patterns repeated carefully and safely over and over again, <laughs> small progressive overload with some time for recovery. And you may not make any progress in the first year. You know, that's like, who's going to sign up for that? So I guess the, the industry, and I've actually listened to quite a lot of podcasts from some other sort of industry greats in the States about this, because we're living in an age of social media and let's call it clickbait. You know, you'll have a video that says, fix your fix your knee pain in five moves. I've got knee pain, five moves. I'll do that. Mm. People are not prepared to invest the time or the money to actually do it properly. So people are going to continue. I've, I've been that person. I know those people that are just continually in search of finding something that is going, they believe is going to help them reach a goal, which equals to them happiness. When any bloody plan you know, as long as you're moving and you're doing something half decent, that's going to get you results. It's the consistency and it's boring sometimes and people <laughs> are afraid of hard work. You know, it's and you know, obviously we're in the pandemic at the moment, you know, a year of burping on my living room floor and going out for runs. It's even harder, you know, so I think it's 
it's the the industry sells a dream and like any industry it's it's a commercial vehicle and it's difficult sometimes to cut through the crap of what is actually here to serve me and what is here to take my money. Your nickname, you are known as Biceps because you mm-hmm. you're pretty hench, Laura. You've got, that some, is. you've got some biceps. Thank you. And Thank you. Do you know a comedian called Jess Fosterkew? She did a show, it's called Hench, and it's about her taking up strength training, basically. Oh, wow. And, and she talks a lot in her show about how we are told as women that if we could just be smaller not to be thin to be thinner like it doesn't matter what size you are you would be happier if you were smaller than whatever you currently are and you sort of said there you've kind of hit the nail on the head it's okay to take up space physically and in every possible way the industry you've come from you're marketing for a beauty brand so how did you make yourself not be vulnerable to those messages i guess yeah i guess i mean the short answer is i was very vulnerable to those messages and i think i i will always be i'm not i definitely don't want to sit here and think i've got it all figured out guys i'm completely happy and i don't have any off days with you know what i see in the mirror or how i feel of course i do but i can i can rationalize it more now i sort of understand it and i guess you know I, I loved my time at, at L'Oreal. I think it is, I've, I genuinely have nothing bad to say about it. And I do think since I have worked there, the type of models that they use, or not just them, just in general, mm. there is a call upon diversity, not just the size, but the colour of my skin, you know, my abilities. And I think we that we do want to see more images. I, I do want to be able to to relate. But at the time... There was definitely an image of this is this is what beauty is mm. and here's how you can do it. And I I definitely, like I said, having been on every single diet, that's just forever what I was chasing. And I actually I'm a big fan of the body coach, you know, in terms of what he's done and how he's sort of commercialized his passion because he's he came from nothing you know zero followers as well and he's just a guy joe wicks right yeah joe wicks i'm a big fan of of what he does it's not my style of training but it gets people moving great you know fantastic for for beginners and i did um when i was working at l'oreal i did the body coach plan now if you know what the body coach plan is it's it's basically he sells a 90-day plan and every 30 days, it's a slightly different focus. And I didn't do the fitness part of it because I already knew what I was doing there, I, I think. It was more the nutrition. I didn't really have a clue. And I, I starved myself quite a lot. Um, I actually write in the book, there was one time myself and a colleague at L'Oreal, we set an alarm for every half an hour. We, we enabled ourselves to eat one almond every half an hour. We were just managing what we ate. I mean, it's bonkers. It's, I sound crazy crazy saying it out loud but no but I the- but I relate to it and I thought wow so I thought I need to somehow get a bit more educated on my nutrition and what I need because I am living this perpetual cycle of restriction which isn't helping me um and I did the body coach and I lost loads of weight and I if you know the body coach you you have to take some photos of like in your pants right you're in your best pants you're not best, best pants <laughs> yeah. like this and you're the side like this. And I ticked the box that said, don't share my pictures with anyone. I don't, I'm not, I'm not up for it. Anyway, I got an email from them. This is about five or six years, six years ago saying, wow, your progress photos are so good. We would really like you to reconsider because we want to post you on our Instagram. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It just caught me on a really good day. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Sure. 
go for it. Didn't even think it would happen. And then I remember I was walking in the shops one day with a mate and suddenly my phone was going bonkers. And all these people were messaging me and it was like the body coaches tagged you in a post. This is on Instagram. And I was like, oh my God. Suddenly my body in my less than best underwear, um, (laughs) the, the leopard print bra that didn't really fit. I'm out there. I'm on the internet, stood there, two pictures of me. And it was that transformation photo. It was like, it was almost like, here she is, unhappy. Now she's thin, she's happy. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that, that's, that's not how it is. And I wrote, when they said, oh, can I use your photo? Do you have a, a comment? And I said, yes, absolutely. I said, what I want to stress is that I'm the happiest I've ever been because I'm in control of my nutrition. I feel good. I feel like I can perform in the gym. I'm better at life. How I look is of no interest really to me. Anyway, social media is what it is. Barrage of comments, people having an opinion on my body. They've never met me. And I'm sat there going, oh, my God, I'm reading these, you know, Susan 262 unicorn Mm. says, you've lost too much weight. You're a disgrace. John 528 says, your hair looks shit in the second photo. You know, all these random people I will never meet in my life suddenly had an opinion on my body. And I thought, hang on, that's not what it's about. It's not me getting thin and happy and fat and sad. I don't want to perpetuate that stereotype. Someone said, if you walked over a bridge and there was a strong gust of wind, you'd um, you'd blow over the bridge. You look anorexic. And I thought, oh my God, I was actually got more lean muscle mass. All of my markers of health had increased and I just felt better. And I thought, no, this is not what I wanted. I need to try and tell a different story because these transformation photos are shit. And now I'm hench, you know, like like your uh, your mate. Yeah, you would say I'm hench if I've gone on holiday and I've been in a bikini. People come up to me and go, "Oh my god, are you a bodybuilder?" You know, there's just so many misconceptions of what I do and why I look the way I look. And yes, I'm bigger. Yes, I have bigger clothes. Yes, lots of clothes don't fit me. A denim shirt is like suffocation. But I just I'm I'm so much happier. And I just I just want women to feel like. If you are pursuing a healthy and fit lifestyle and you're happy, if that's swimming, rock climbing, Zumba, weightlifting, whatever, celebrate that because whatever your body looks like as a result, that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like you can't you can't win as a woman, can you? Because you're too, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too muscly, you're not muscly enough, you know, your bum's too big, it's not big enough, etc., etc. You literally cannot win. There will always be something that society tells you is wrong with you. And it's doing that because basically, no offence to your previous profession, Laura, but like it wants to sell you shit to make you feel better, doesn't it? I still love buying that shit. Yeah, and me it too. does make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, yeah, I've just, I think I've just come to sort of peace with it. Lots, lots of people say from a, you know, how do you, how do you feel about your body? And I'm like, well, the best part of how I feel now is that I don't think about it. Like genuinely, I, you know, I, I remember there was this big mirror in the office that you'd have to walk through these doors to get to the office and there's this massive mirror. It wasn't that flattering. And genuinely, I had to look at the floor. Every time I walked through, I looked at the floor because I didn't want to have to face what I knew I didn't like because I knew I didn't, I didn't stack up to what I should look like. And in my head, that was just such a, a thing. But now when people say, oh God, you're looking hench, I think, yes. If someone says, oh, you've, you've lost a bit of weight, I think, no, have I? That's not good. I've been trying really hard. So it's just, it's just a different mindset. 
And like you said, we can't win whatever. We can't win. I mean, obviously, strength training is your thing. It's like what, you know, it's what you do and it's, it's what you promote. And, you you know, you call yourself biceps. So I guess it is something that people talk to you about quite a lot. Do you get bored of people? You know, I've just done it myself. So do you get bored of feeling like you have to justify or, or talk about about your, your body? No, if, if people... I still think people need to hear it. And if I can make any sort of you know if, if me talking about it can help someone I'll talk about it until my very last day because I, re- I you know I remember feeling that person that didn't feel good enough and you know by, by me saying hey guys there's, a, there's another way you don't have to you know you go on the treadmill for two hours a day and eat a boiled egg you don't uh, by the way some of my friends still do that it, it's it's years of me working on myself that I just couldn't be any more grateful to be able to be like hey guys it's okay <laughs> I can show you another way and I guess it is just that that feeling of training and it doesn't have to be weightlifting obviously my book lift yourself is about you know how I found myself through weight training but it's just about finding something that is a different marker of physical success. It's about how much weight I lifted versus how much I weighed, like mind blowing. It's just such a, a big difference for me. And, and, and I think we've still got a long way to go. We've still got a long way to go. I know we're incredible women in, in strength sport is what one of the people that I look up to. Her name's Donna Moore. She is the, I think she's two, three times a world's strongest woman. So she competes in a sport called strong woman. And she's unbelievably strong. And yes, she is of a size, not your stereotypical, you know, poster. But she's absolutely incredible. The things she can do. Yet any posts, you'll still have people saying negative things. And I think, what world are we living in when people are that miserable and unhappy and got time on their hands to go after a woman and say, you look like a man? Mm. Do you do you know the Instagram page? You look like a man. You should look at it. So, I, I found it a few a few years ago, but it's run by a, a woman in America, and it's basically people you know sharing their experiences of being trolled online by men. And it's you know it could be a woman you know doing a flex or she's training, and men commenting saying you shouldn't be doing that. You'll hurt yourself. Your your ovaries will fall out of your vagina if you squat that. You know, and it's just it is the most appalling commentary. And every time I look at that, I think, no, I've, I've got to still talk about it. There's still so much work to be done because I'm in London with all my friends love weight training or the majority. So I'm in an echo chamber that we know this is good. Whereas out there, people don't know and they're still trying to be thin because for the male gaze, for the male commentary. And it's just it's madness. And what's interesting, of course, is that strength training will, if you do it in a in a certain way, it is strength training that will get you thin. Yeah, 100%. So the most common thing that I hear women say when I, you know, as a client in the gym, I say, you know, what are your goals if they're, if they're new? And they would say, I want to lose a bit of weight and tone up, right? It's yeah. a bit that, that sort of like, I'm not really sure, but I think I need to lose weight and I, and I don't, I just want to be less flabby, right? That, that's kind of what most, most people feel. Toning up isn't really a word. It's not a thing. A toner is for a photocopier. And what, what they mean is to get some definition. Which is muscle. Get, exactly, which is muscle. So you have to build some muscle. I also think there's, you know, this, this myth that will forever be around until past my lifetime that, you know, lifting weights is going to make you bulky. Like genuinely, I've been trying for many years 
you know, I've been playing sports. So I've been doing some sort of resistance training for most of my life. And this is how far I've got. Hormonally, you know, women don't have the foundations to be able to build muscle as much. And I think we look at it as lifting weights, I'll get massive, when actually the, the exercise is a small part of the picture, the nutrition as well. So if I wanted to bulk, if I wanted to get big, I have to do an incredible amount of exercise, training, hypertrophy, smashing the weights, blah, blah, blah. And then I've got to eat in a significant surplus to be able to fuel the body to repair and gain size. Now, if most women who are on a, a perpetual diet, they are mainly sort of fluctuating through an energy deficit. So if you think you've got your maintenance, which is your total daily energy expenditure. So say, Jen, um, in a day, you do a, a bit of exercise, you go for a walk, you run a few errands, you're running around in the house, maybe you burn 2000 calories as an average uh, a woman, right? If you were to eat one and a half thousand calories that day, you would be in a significant deficit. If you sustain that over time, not only would you feel like shit, you would probably lose weight. Now, being in that state isn't good for our for our bodies for a significant amount of time. So you can go through it. Now, you could maintain. Nothing happens. We're cool. We're happy. We can live life. Or you can eat in a surplus that enables us to gain. And again, you wouldn't want to do that for too long because then you will end up gaining probably some fat as well as that muscle. So it's all about whatever your goals are and trying to work the balance to try and help your body composition. And it kind of comes down to eat as best as you can, eat mindfully, be as active as you can and find that thing that you love because that's what's going to be consistent and sustainable. Just an, it's, it's a mindset change mm. that this exercise isn't a punishment for what I ate. This is me just being out there and, and prolonging my life and, and being strong for life. Yeah, I mean, I, I know people who, and I used to be a bit like this as well, but people who would do, you know, two exercise classes a day before they would allow themselves to um, eat dinner or whatever. Like, you know, I had this thing before I had my baby when I was pregnant. I developed like a real thing for pork pies. I, I just can't shake it, Laura. I don't know why. Maybe it's because pork pies are fucking delicious. But um, I'm a vegetarian. So... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, not for no, you. No, it's then, okay, but, but I can um, understand. That's yeah. how I feel about broccoli. I mean, I love broccoli too, but it's, you know. All right. Something, something with pastry, Laura. Something... I'll say popcorn. Yeah, okay, an almond croissant. Right, exactly. Whatever floats your boat. But, like, yeah, when I was pregnant, I allowed myself to indulge in all of these things. And I, I did put on a bit more weight than I wanted to. I've been on, like, quite an interesting journey with my body in the last, like, year. Because, obviously, I made a human being. Yeah, and, which um, is incredible. Yeah, no, it's cool, right? It's, it's cool. But, like, my body looks <laughs> so different to how it did beforehand. And I'm getting back into shape slowly. And I don't know if it will ever look the same again, but that's all right. Because, you know, I made a baby and I'm in pretty good nick. And it's not all about what your body looks like. It's about, you know, how you feel and, and all of that stuff as well. And I find that when I exercise, I feel much better. Like yes. my brain feels better when I exercise. And that is what it's about. And I loved having a great ass before I had a baby. And I don't have a great ass anymore. And maybe I will again one day and that'll be ace. But, you know, it's not just about that, for sure. So so when you describe it as getting into shape, 
Do you have a, is that that picture in your mind of maybe where, where you were before and you think, right, at some point I will get to that? Has that shape changed for you, like that goal? Yeah, a little, yeah, it has, because I don't think my shape will ever be what it was again, exactly. I'm sure it's possible with lots and lots of work after having a baby to get back into exactly the same shape you were in before. But, I, you know, my hips are wider now. It, I think they've moved, Laura. I don't think they're moving back. <laughs> I think they are where they are now, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's cool, though. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I don't mind that. It's, it's all right, you know? But it is interesting. It's, you know, like, I want to have this kind of, like, feminist mentality about it. And I want to be like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But it does matter a little bit to me. I can't, you know, I can't deny that. But also... Yeah. I really love food again now and and that's quite nice as well. This is the thing is that the the two can coexist mm. in my eyes in that I think that where the issue comes is that you know I hear people say oh I'm I'm getting back on the wagon or I've fallen off. And I guess it's trying to explain to people that you you're not going to be the result of that one pork pie. Sure if you ate 10 pork pies a day we might have a different conversation but we've got to give ourselves a bit of a break in the grand scheme of things society has told us that the aesthetic is so important that you should sacrifice how you feel every day and I, and I don't think and I don't think that's right so I think it's trying to eat well and and eat a bit of a bit of what you need and a bit of what you want every now and again that's fine as long as you're you know you're of a healthy uh, mindset with with your relationship with food and then just being as active as possible and I think a lot of people almost assume that I would tell people well you must lift loads of weights you've got to you know go out train every day got to train hard you know go hard or go home the first thing I'd ask someone to do is regular movement of a lower intensity especially over the last year there's only so much stress our bodies can handle we know cortisol can play havoc with a with a woman's body and our hormones are constantly fluctuating and if we are stressed in life we we wake up we've maybe missed the alarm you go to the fridge there's no bloody milk oh my god you've got 10 emails with a deadline i've thought about we're before we've even considered doing some exercise we're so stressed and exercise is a stress as well so what we don't want to do is push ourselves over the limit and then not be able to recover from it. And it's that self-perpetuating cycle. So, yes, schedule in some time for some movement, but don't feel like you have to absolutely clobber yourself for it to be effective. It's just it's just activity, really, at the end of the day. And if you want to lose weight, actually, you don't need to go to the gym at all. Just slightly be a bit mindful with what you eat for a, a short and sustained and consistent period of time and and that'll do it because it's not the exercise there's no there's no particular exercise for fat loss it's your energy deficit your energy balance that you need to focus on and that's an educational piece that i don't think many people know because if we all said that the industry wouldn't be as big as it is exercise is about so much more than just what you look like and and it is sold to us as women as it's about what you look like and you should be doing it to make yourself smaller and there's been a bit of a thing in the last few years you know strength training is definitely like on the increase with women but I worry a little bit that the kind of Instagram culture that we live in is selling it to women in the quote-unquote, because what is the right way, what is the wrong way, but in the wrong way. I saw, and I'll give you an example of this, I saw a woman in the gym a few years ago now, and I don't want to criticise her because I think that it's her body and she should do whatever she wants to do with it 
and that's very much her business but she had the most like extraordinary figure she was tiny but she had the biggest ass I've ever seen on someone of her size and you see it quite a lot now in in younger girls because obviously that's the trend like this sort of Kardashian kind of physique where you're teeny teeny tiny but you have this huge bum and she worked I was there kind of you know minding my own business I say in inverted commas I wasn't because I was watching her because I was intrigued by what she was doing and she must have worked for I don't know half an hour an hour all on her bum everything Mm. she did was for her bum and you know she had a cracking ass to be fair but I just wonder if you know the message of strength training has sort of been lost a little bit in this what do you think about that so with with things with things like that you're right it's it's just the latest trend it's not abs it's a it's a bum now you know previously it was whatever a gaunt collarbone or whatever a thigh (laughs) gap or whatever you know yeah skinny a skinny art it's just the next thing and yes having a a big bottom could be I've got lots of friends with very big bottoms including my own and they are very very functional in terms of that is you know a possible sign of having big glutes which means that you are have very powerful ability to squat hip extend deadlift so from a performance and a weightlifting perspective, having mass and size could be that, or it could be more of a aesthetic uh, change. So more on the bodybuilding side than, than performance. So by, you know, like you observed, she just did probably hip thrusts for time. So what she's doing is she's trying to, sti- you know, create a stimulus on that particular muscle group and over and over and over to gain some size. Now, there could be uh, some women who go, right, I'm going to follow Kim Kardashian's get big bum now plan, and it'll never happen for them because genetically they're just not that way made up, and that is hugely disappointing. The way in which you your body responds to the stimulus you give it in terms of the training is yes, a little bit what you decide to do. So if I just trained arms, of course, disproportionately, I would do that. But for some women, they might be really strong, but they don't get, you know, it just doesn't happen for them. So I, I just I just think it's another trend. Lots of women are having a big bum on, in, on the internet, but that's because they've had a, a BBL, so a Brazilian mm. uh, bum lift. So they're very, they're, very dangerous, aren't they? Very, very dangerous. And we've only just been doing it. I say we, I've never had one. But Me the, either, the, the just, world. just for clarity. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The world, yeah, the world is probably about as as new to the world as vaping. You know, we don't know the the impact of, of, of what, will, what will happen. And I kind of think, well, what does that say to young girls that you can only be accepted if you have the trend and if your body can't do it you've failed so you've got to have it you've got to fake it or an instagram there's a very good way in which you can um sort of your anterior pelvic tilt you can do the thing and you can push your bum out <laughs> yeah. and all, all sorts of angles and face tuning and it's just the next thing i'm just i'm grateful it's in because i've always had one so this is my time me too me too <laughs> but I, I think it i think it's hugely worrying and I, and you know obviously we're talking about a perspective of, of women but it happens with men as well you know there's the stereotype of men you know having shredded abs and big biceps and tall dark handsome 
what if some men can't do that? Then do they feel like they've failed as well? So I just think we should just try and be a bit more cautious about, you know, the, the people that we follow. Is it real? Have they really done that through training? Were they, do they naturally have one? And, and just know that if you train like me, you're not going to look like me. Sort of fake news and misinformation and, and things like that. All very like buzzwords of the last few years. And you've just made a point there that hadn't even occurred to me that you don't know. Is that person's bum fake news? Listen, I could have had bicep implants. I might never have done a bicep curl in my life. And here I am. It's my name. And, you know, I get lots of women sending me mess- you know, messages going, oh, my God, look at my arm. I've made progress. And, you know, I could be a fake. I'm not. But I could be. You just never know. Is is that something that is happening, do you think, on social media? That there are people with Brazilian bum lifts who are saying, look, you can get a bum like mine if you do X, Y and Z and pay me yeah. some money and like my posts, etc., etc." Yeah, because it's a, it's a business. When people come become a business, sex sells. You know, we've got the rise of OnlyFans. Like, no judgment. It's people making money in however which way they can. But it's an, another way of using social media is sort of almost like a bit clickbaity. You know, you could say the same with diets. You know, you've got people of influence. Let's say, I don't know, Kerry Katona, Katie Price, people on reality shows. I don't mean to throw shade at, so generally at all of them. But, you know, they, they didn't have a, a job before they were just famous. Now they are, have a platform because people are interested in them. They are of influence. And people go, here's 20 grand if you say that this seaweed makes you lose weight. And, you know, if you drink the seaweed every day for seven days, you'll lose weight. Yeah, of course you will. Because you're, if you don't eat anything for seven days, of course you're <laughs> going to lose some weight on the scales. As soon as you eat something again, you're going to put it back on. What The weight that you see on the scales that you've lost in that time period is water loss and your intestines are empty. So how do you know if someone is a fraud or not? If Is it basically the age old, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is? I don't know. It's hard, you know, because even, God bless my mum, but even she'll send me some posts and say, have you seen this? Do you think I should have it? And it's some sort of supplement. And, you know, yes, in terms of, you know, the supplements industry, for me, a supplement is like the cherry on an absolutely massive um, Sunday, right? If you are fucking up the foundations of your health and fitness and life, don't worry about whether you've had a magnesium tablet at 7pm exactly every day. That's going to have nothing to do with it. You need to focus on getting the right amount of sleep. Are you being active? Are you being mindful about your, your food intake? Are you drinking water? Are you managing your stress? The fact that you've maybe had a seaweed shake on top it's going to do absolutely nothing. I, I like to use the analogy, while people are out spending money watering their front garden, their whole house is on fire. <laughs> I think this is it, is like people are fixated on the, what's going to be a quick fix. What's, what's going to help now? Because I have no idea how this works, but this person said that they did it. If I pay 20 quid for this, right, I'm going to lose five pounds in seven days. And then they find out it's the most miserable seven days of their life. And they just keep failing until hopefully they come across a fitness professional that can be engaging enough to try and help them and say, actually, that's not really how it works. And whilst I'm, you know, educating you on how it works, I'm going to try and change your perception of maybe what your goals are. Because to be skinny and have a thigh gap and a big bum and all of these things, I don't think that's what's going to make you happy. 
are you are you know are you fulfilled in your personal life are you you know are you waking up with energy are you able you know these are the things that i found is real happiness because i've lost loads of weight and i've achieved a goal weight and i can tell you now it made absolutely no bloody difference i felt exactly the same about myself so it's a journey and i'll still be on that journey forever i'm just fortunate enough that i found a fit what fitness looks like for me and um, hopefully others will start to, you know, not believe the hype. Let's end on a positive note, Laura. You've got a book. I've got it right oh, here. Yeah. Lift Yourself, A Training Guide to Getting Fit and Feeling Strong for Life, which I assume is available at all good bookshops and indeed online. Lift Yourself is a very transparent account of my fitness journey and being honest about all the things that I did that didn't work and and trying to share a bit of an education around if this is your goal, no judgment, no shade. That's great. That was me too. But this is how you do it. Because I spent many years feeling like I wasn't good enough and doing all these diets and just coming all the way back around to square one every single time. So reading it, hopefully you'll you'll have a bit of a laugh uh, through it as well, because that's kind of my style. You know, it's not meant to be too serious. Fitness shouldn't be too serious. Once you finish reading that book, you will say, ah, I've been doing it wrong for a long time and I'm going to make some changes. And as soon as you embark on that journey, I promise you, you will feel considerably different about yourself. You'll forget what anyone else thinks. You'll stop comparing yourself and you'll just start to feel a little bit better and, and celebrate what you do have. Because like you just said, Jen, you know, you just made a little baby. That's fantastic. You know, what, what a life achievement and you should congratulate your body for that and whatever it looks like as a result. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool, isn't it? And also <laughs> you will know how to do a squat properly if you read Laura's yes. book. So there you go. Yeah. There's lots of bad squats on the internet. Squats are hard, man. Like I didn't know how to do a squat properly until I got a PT. I was doing it all wrong because I used to go to loads of classes at the gym. And I do think yeah. one of the issues with classes is that, you know, they're, they're a great way of working out, you know, getting motivation, getting ideas. And it's a relatively affordable way of doing it as well. But I think yeah. that you can get into some quite bad habits. Um, also, you've got a podcast, haven't you, Laura? Yes. Well, I haven't actually recorded. Every time I do a podcast, I think I should really do, plan another <laughs> series. But they're, they're all still wonderful and relevant. Um, it's Biceps and Banter, where I share some stories with some people that inspire me. And uh, the, the lady I was talking about earlier, one of the world's strongest women, Donna Moore, I interview her. And she started uh, at Body Pump in Virgin Active and when then went on to becoming the world's strongest wow. woman. So listen, it's not too late for all of us. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew Body Pump could, could do that for you? Laura, where can we follow you on social media so we can see your fake biceps they're not really fake that, yeah, that was my, a joke obviously fake hashtag ad. <laughs> um, i am at laura biceps on instagram yeah i'm mainly sharing sort of random stories um specifically at the moment weird shit i bought off the internet um, including which you, you won't be able to see this as a, as a listener of this podcast but i'm going to show jen my galaxy projector oh, wow which is just completely useless um, <laughs> but anyway that's just one, one of the things but um yeah hopefully in a few weeks we'll we'll have a bit more um freedom and we can get out there and we can get to the gym and yeah 
start to pick up where we left off. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to going back to the gym and I bet you are as well. And also, like, random shit you bought on the internet, hashtag relatable content, I think is what they would say. 100%. Laura, it's been so lovely chatting to you. Thank you very much, Jenny. Standard Issue for All Women.